Welcome to the Unfeigned Faith Bible Study, where we'll be doing a weekly Bible study, typically going through a book of the Bible together, and uh, this will go alongside our regular Unfeigned Faith podcast. Thank you for joining us on this journey. We're going to be in Philippians 2 today, and so good to see you all who've come on. Uh, Philippians 2. And on Friday, we talked about Christ being that divine example. Uh, of course, uh, he's a, the example of everything. He's our, he's our standard. He's our example. And, um, but when, when we're told in verse 3 that we ought to esteem others better than ourselves, what did we see Christ do? He saw lives that needed redeeming more valuable than his own, and he laid down his life. And, uh, and he humbled himself, took on the form of a man, took on a, as a servant, all the way to the point of death. Because of that, God had highly exalted him, given a name which is above every name. And I want to say this, above his own name. You know, when you look at Revelation, you see the centerpiece of heaven as the lamb, as it had been slain. All attention is drawn towards the sun. And, um, and I, don't think, uh, I don't think we rob God of his glory whatsoever when we focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. Of course, he is, he is God in the flesh, the, the mystery of the Trinity, uh, the three at one. Um, but the fact of the matter is, uh, you know, the, the Bible says uh, in the Old Testament that God would share his glory with no one. And Jesus said to the Father in his prayer, he said, glorify, you know, you've glorified the Son in yourself. And, uh, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> This pollen has been killing me today. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry about that. But um, but as we look at this, uh, Philippians 2, with all this in mind, you know, he, he points out the, the, the definition of grace, verse number 13. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So verse 14 is where we're going to start for today's study. It says, do all things without murmurings and disputings. Now, the sentence doesn't end there, but let's start on that thought. Murmurings and disputings have, have destroyed many churches. Uh, it's destroyed uh, uh, ministries and, and, uh, and it caused so many problems. In fact, in the Old Testament, more people were judged by God and more people died directly connected to the sin of murmurings and disputings than any other sin. And, uh, you know, they're murmuring against Moses, murmuring against God, murmuring in all, the, all these areas or disputing among themselves. They were challenging Moses' authority. And, and remember that time the, the earth opened up and swallowed up those families. And uh, what was that about? Disputing, murmuring. So he's challenging us as we esteem others better than ourselves. We have this divine example of this mind, me, and you, which is also in Christ. Do everything you do, do without murmurings and disputings. The sentence continues. That ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, and, and uh, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world. And so, so as the thought doesn't continue, it says, uh, "Do all things without murmurings and disputings." Colon, that ye may be blameless and harmless. You know what that's telling me? And by the way, blameless does not mean sinless. It means. Uh, 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 without blame, above, above reproach, so to speak. Um, uh, it's the same idea, one of the def- qualifications of a pastor, blameless. Uh, it, the, the word there, it carries the idea of without handles. In other words, to be able to grab onto and pull down. I've not given anyone a reason to be able to attack, all right? 
he says this, do thank everything you do, action, do without murmuring and disputing that you'll be blameless. In other words, when there is murmuring and disputing, there's much to blame. When there's murmuring and disputing, uh, you're not harmless. You're causing harm. That is not the definition. That is not uh, uh, um, likened to, as it says, the sons of God. So we do things without murmuring. We do things without disputing. Why? That we may be blameless and harmless as sons of God. You see, we are supposed to be servants. We are to esteem others better than ourselves. Look not even on our own things, but also on the things of others. And, and, and as we're serving, as we're going out, we're not complaining. We're not disputing. We're not murmuring. We're saying this is a privilege that I have to serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He says, without rebuke. I'm afraid too many Christians um, are not without rebuke. The way they conduct themselves in this world, they're not being very wise. They're not, they're not servants. Um, be so careful. He says this, uh, uh, without, uh, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. When you are murmuring, when you are disputing, you're not shining as lights. But to do that, with, with, do things without murmuring, without, uh, um, uh, uh, without disputing, it causes us to be without rebuke. Excuse me. And allowing us to shine as lights in this world. Uh, amidst, listen, the world is already crooked. The world is already perverse. So part of shining as a light in this, uh, this crooked and perverse nation um, it, it, it goes along with that, that being blameless without murmuring. And notice again, the sentence still hasn't ended. Verse number 16, holding forth the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain, holding forth the word of life. Now it's very important that this, that this happens in this order. Everything you do, do it without murmuring, without disputing. We need to be blameless. We need to be harmless, right? Harmless, uh, uh, wise as serpents, but harmless as doves. Sons of God, in the midst, uh, uh, without rebuke, in the midst of, of a crooked, perverse nation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. At that point, we hold forth the word of life. If we're not careful, I think there's too many of us that are holding forth the word of life with murmurings and disputings. And I just want to say, truth is truth, and God's word will not return void unto him. He's going to accomplish some things. But when you get things out of order, you are taking the teeth out of the bite. Um, the, the, you're taking the, the emphasis out of the truth. Why? Because your life does not match it. You're, you're antagonistic. You are creating division. Uh, there, there, there are problems with all this. So, so he says this. There's a certain order here. We're esteeming others better than ourselves. We are serving. We are taking the example of Christ, lowering ourselves. And we're doing these things without murmurings, without disputings. Now, you see, and let me just say this. Everyone's got an opinion. There's always going to be something to murmur about. There's always something to dispute about. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm even thinking about as we're going forward with this uh, opening the church and the COVID-19 and, and those kinds of things. 
uh, if we're not careful, we have a, we have the wrong attitude uh, about these things towards our government, towards spiritual leadership in the church. And let me just say this: our children are watching the way we respond, the way we we uh, we murmur, the way we dispute about things that are going on. And I'm not uh, necessarily addressing anything specific. I'm just using that as an example of where of something that's relevant to today. So he says this, uh, holding forth the word of life. Now now we hold forth the word of God and we're sharing the word of God. And, and what does he say then? That I, Paul, talking to this church, may rejoice in the day of Christ that I've not run in vain, neither labored in vain. You know what he's saying? At the very end, when this has been your testimony, I will know that my labor for you and my work towards getting the gospel to you uh, there at Philippi was not in vain. This was something that was fruitful. It was something from God as he answered the Macedonian call when he went over there. And uh, and let me just say this, uh, very similarly, as I labor uh, in the word of God and as I try to share these truths with others, you know, at the end of it all, the fruit that comes out is going to be the proof of whether or not my labor was in vain or not. As I share, as I instruct, as I help, you see, um, I don't want to run in vain, and I, and I hope I'm not wasting my time. I hope I'm not wasting my breath. I hope, hope I'm not spending too much time with those who don't want to hear it, and I'm discerning those who want to hear it as I share the word of life, as I share the truth. Verse 17, Yea, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. There's the theme again, joy and rejoicing. What's he saying? If I be offered upon the sacrifice of uh, uh, and service of your faith. Hey, if this cost me everything, it was worth it. I'm excited about it because I have labored and it wasn't in vain and it passes on. And let me just say this. That's, that's my desire. I hope my ministry does not end with me. I hope I've invested in, in folks and I hope, I hope my children will go further for the Lord than I ever did. I hope those in our church, I hope those that I, that, that I, that I mentor and instruct, I hope they go further than I ever possibly could have dreamed. Uh, hey, I will rejoice in that. And uh, I will joy and rejoice in that uh, if I'm offered upon the sacrifice and service of others' faith. And, and I've given myself for that. And verse number 18, For the same cause also do ye joy. And rejoice with me. Why? It's perpetuating. The word of God is going forward. God is being exalted. Christ is being glorified. Uh, all this. Why? Because we did it in order. We're esteeming others. We are servants. We're not here for ourselves. We're here for others. And we're, we're ministering. We're, we're, not, we're doing things without murmuring and disputing. We're, we're, we're seeking to have that good testimony while we serve. And, and what are we doing? We're holding forth the word of life. All the words. Of life. And then he says this, but I trust, verse 19, in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy as shortly unto you. Now Timothy's with him writing this, that I also may be of good comfort when I know your estate. So here he is under house arrest and he says, I'm going to send Timothy to check up on you guys because I know it's going to encourage my heart when I hear how you're doing as a church. And uh, boy, they didn't have internet then, they didn't have phones, they didn't have texting. And uh, boy, I tell you what, every time I hear of our church's state, every time I hear of individuals being helped or, or encouraged, uh, uh, I had a call yesterday just, just thanking me for some things and uh, with tears. And, and it just it's such an encouragement to my heart. Now, I don't do it for those things, but boy, it encourages my heart. 
when when I, when when uh, people are being helped, when people are being encouraged and instructed, and going forward in the faith, and and uh, you know, he says, I, I want to know your state. I want to know how you're doing, church. Uh, you know, he heard some very poor reports, for example, from uh, uh, the church at Corinth. He said, he said in, verse, in chapter eleven, he says, I hear. And, you know, here's the testimony. Here's the reputation that there are there is divisions among you, and there's murmurings, and there's all this stuff that, that we talked about here. And he says, and I partly believe it. In other words, I don't think this is far fetched. And uh, and what a what a sad place for that church to be in. But this church, he says, you know what? If there is a church out there whose testimony will be encouragement to me, it's going to be the church of Philippi. And uh, and I want to say, if there's a church out there that's going to be encouragement to me. As their preacher, it's the church in North Pole, and uh, and uh, boy, every time I hear of their state, every time I hear uh, of folks doing well, every time I hear, you know, I get a phone call, hey, my daughter finally got saved, or uh, you know, I, you know, we 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 we, we crossed a. a uh, a new mile mark in our in our walk with God or in our family or or you know just different things. Uh, this this struck a chord with me, and I realized you know I've got an issue here, and and, and we're going forward. All those things cause me to rejoice when I know their state. Um, for I have no man, verse twenty, like minded, who will naturally care for your stake you know, for your state. That's Timothy. Timothy, he's saying he's telling this church when I send Timothy to you guys, don't you understand? He's going there in my stead. He's going on my behalf. And um, I'm trying to think if I want to really get into this at this point. Um, yeah, we'll get into this. He says, uh, um, I have no man like-minded. Now, let me just say this. God sends a pastor to a church. And there is a heart behind him. There is a, a, a certain emphasis behind different, different pastors, different ministries. Uh, there, there are, there are little, little, little differences. And one of the things that I think causes a really unified church, as we saw uh, uh, earlier, he says, here's my desire that you guys be of one accord, one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. He says, you know, I want to see hear of your affairs that you may you know, do everything, striving together for the faith of the gospel, that, that your conversation becometh the gospel of Jesus Christ. All these things. One of the things that causes great unity is when everything really flows from, uh, you might, you might use, the, use the term pulpit ministry or, or, or from the pastor. You see, those Sunday school teachers, what are they doing? It, it, they're serving on the pastor's behalf. Uh, the deacons, what are they doing? They're serving on, on the pastor's behalf. And, uh, and even if he doesn't know about it, what they're doing, and, you know, maybe they visit a family or what have you, you know, uh, here, here's, the, here's the mindset. I just want you to know our church and our pastor, they love you, and uh, we're here for you. And what are they doing? They're doing it on the pastor's behalf. Why? Because sometimes he's limited as far as how, how far his reach is, but it's his job to know the state of the flock and to minister on that level. And so, so here, he, what he's, what, what's he doing? You say, what's that all about? He's sending Timothy on his behalf. He says, I have no man like-minded. He's going to go with the heart of Paul. He, he's going to care for their affairs as though it was Paul himself that was there. You see, I'm so thankful for some of the folks in our church. I, uh, in March, we were, uh, my wife and I, we were gone for two weeks. And, and I, uh, I left my pulpit in the hands of one of our men uh, who I've got great confidence in. And, uh, and I truly believe that that he ministered to the church. I've got no man like-minded who will care for their affairs. I, I believe he ministered to the church on my behalf with my heart. Um, I really believe that about this individual. And so I'm very thankful for that. And uh, what a wonderful joy it is to have a Timothy. 
And, uh, and he says this, verse 21, for all seek their own and not the things which are Jesus Christ. Here's the hard part. He says, with many people that I may send, or, or you know, it's hard to find one that's going to be on my behalf because so many people seek their own. They're looking for uh, position. They're looking for titles. They're looking for all these things rather than going back to the beginning of the chapter, being a servant and esteeming others better than themselves. You see, uh, we, we, we get... We get so jumbled, we get so carnal and fleshly because we're seeking our own and not the things of Christ. Boy, we can spend some time there. But that is not that was some of the biggest problems when there are divisions, when there are things going on in the church, is, is people are seeking their own and not Christ. Hey, if you're seeking Christ, you're going to love others as unto the Lord. If you're seeking Christ... Uh, when, when that brother said something uh, uh, that just rubbed you the wrong way, guess what? You're a servant of Christ and you're seeing through him to Christ and saying, I'm going to still serve them because I'm serving the Lord Christ. Uh, when things don't quite go our way, what are we doing? We're saying, this is for Christ. You see, any man suffer with conscience towards God, suffering wrong, uh, uh, wrongly, you know, and take it with patience. Peter talks about that. Uh, my conscience towards God, I suffer for doing what's right, and I suffer wrongly. You see, uh, here, here's that, that's, that's the concept. I'm doing it for Christ. See, the problem is too many people seek their own. And when you seek your own, there's going to be divisions. When you seek their own, there's going to be murmurings, there's going to be disputings, there's going to be divisions, there's going to be a church split, there's going to be a coup, there's going to be all these things. Why? Because people sought their own and not Christ. As, as Paul says in, uh, in uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 11, is Christ's body divided? And I'm going to say when people seek their own, when there are disputings, when there are murmurings, I will say Christ's body is divided. And that doesn't make sense. It is not right. At that point, we've stopped being his body. We've stopped following his leadership. And so I think I'm going to pause right there. There's so much more I'd love to say there. But uh, as we go back, hey, do all things without disputing and murmurings. Every time you hear that come out, every time gossip comes out, every time negativity comes out, every time these things come out, especially as it relates to the church and, bro- and brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, you ought to stop and think, wait a minute, is this causing me to be blameless or blamable? Because the reality is I'm out there among uh, a crooked and perverse nation. Am I shining as light? Am I? Am I holding forth the word of life as I ought to? Am I causing my spiritual leaders to rejoice in my faith or to be ashamed? You see, there's so many things we can pull from that. And I'd encourage you to read over those verses again. And uh, But I sure appreciate you folks so much. If you need anything, as always, please reach out. I'd love to be a help to you. And I uh, uh, hope you have a wonderful day. God bless you. We'll see you next time.